Hey, Alex. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I got some feels. I was, we'll get into it later, but like, I was supposed to beat Kelly by like 40 points, and I got it handed to me. Like, so yeah, I'm a little bit heated right now. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I just learned how to make homemade mac and cheese. That was pretty neat. Like, you boil water, you open the box, you stick the macaroni in. I mean, no offense, but that doesn't seem all that challenging. Um, I made a roe, I think it's called, and I made the pasta al dente or something. And then I baked it in panko crumbs, and then I used guar cheese or something like that. I'm pretty convinced you just made up 80% of those words. Maybe I did, but I think I'm close on some of them. I didn't burn it. Hey, kudos. Well done. Yep, so everything's actually coming up me. So you sound pretty bummed, though. So let's talk about go back to you. Well, let's talk about Derek. He hasn't had a chance to weigh in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, How I, you doing, I, dude? I feel bad to talk about how well I am doing with my four-game win streak in light of what you're going through. But if I can just say something quickly to Lucas, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's okay. I hope he's okay. But if he never wants to speak to me or see me again, I I would 100% understand. Um, Alex, I know that you follow our games closely, but just in case you missed this one, do you happen to know why Derek is saying those things? Um, Because he made a comeback and won with a stat correction? (laughs) Right there. Just right there. But I'm going to speculate, Derek. I think you're referencing the fact that you were getting it handed to you until late on the four, the late games on Sunday until the heroin dip that was Card Adams shot you from like a big underdog to a big favorite in a brief, brief moment. But the key here is that it has now happened to Lucas twice, the same exact script. And that was a good guess, Alex, just a little off. But it was it was it was car to Adams for a late game touchdown for the win. It's the same thing that happened in the first half of the season, whatever week that was. That was the one I was really dead in the water. And this one, yes, I I would have lost. So he is now uh, lost in the same manner, brutal manner, as bad as you can lose a game. So I I know you're close friends with him. I I just hope he's doing okay. It might be a good idea to check in with him. Wait, hold on. Well, you played him. The, did you just recently play him? Because I'm trying to think, why would you be playing Carr over Murray? No, sorry, but I did not start Carr, but it was essentially the same in terms of Carr throwing the pass to Devontae oh. Adams. So, okay. yes, in terms of the roster, it was not a, a replica, but still the same scenario, if, if you follow me. <laughs> no, no, I've got you. It has been a it has been a year of tough breaks for Lucas this year. So uh, I hope that uh, I guess part of me wants him to turn around for him, but you know, not in any way that negatively impacts me, because you know, <laughs> self preservation is a thing. Yeah, it's all self interest, yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna I'm gonna follow up on that when we get to number two in ten for ten. But for now, we're gonna play the game that is sweeping the nation, Alex. Ten for ten. What? You're gonna get to ten for ten later, but for now, we're gonna start ten for ten. <laughs> The opposite. 
Is there is there a one for one that you have for us today, Alex? Uh, no. Okay. Unless y'all want to come over for some mac and cheese. I mean, I'm always game. Mm-hmm. All right. We are we're gonna go off the beaten path this week for number one. This has been a this has been a game I have wanted to play with you guys for a while. What is the most overrated TV show of all time? So I have picked what I think are eight contenders, mm-hmm. and we are going to go through them. So real quick, our contenders are uh, Seinfeld, How I Met Your Mother, the entire Star Trek franchise, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Friends, The Sopranos, and one I'm not remembering right now. Because I have Lord of the Rings, but that was not a television show. There is a television show of it. There is not. Yeah, it's called The Rings of Power. Well, that's the new edition. Right. Because it has to be terrible. All right. So we're going to start with our one-seed Seinfeld versus our eight-seed Breaking Bad. I'll go first and say I've never actually seen Breaking Bad, but you can't convince me that anything with Brian Cranston is going to be bad. So, And Seinfeld was just – I just didn't get it, so I'm going to say Seinfeld. So I, I love both these shows. I feel like Seinfeld hasn't quite aged as well, but I still love it. Uh, but Breaking Bad is actually my, my all-time favorite show, and I highly recommend that you check it out soon. So I got the same same answer as you. Now, I want you, from professional to professional, people who know what we do know, and those who don't, don't need to know for this moment, but professional to professional, I'll tell you what my dilemma is with wanting to get into Breaking Bad. Like, how you feel about Breaking Bad, I felt about The Shield. And that, that, was, a, that was both great and soul-crushing at the same time. Mm. Then I pivoted to Sons of Anarchy, same song, second verse, fantastic, but just crushes your soul, like just with what they do to the characters. Like, I just, do I have the heart to get hurt again, Derek? <laughs> That's exactly where I thought you were going with that, and, and it's a great question. I, I think you have to be in the right mood, the right state of mind, so you, you don't want to come home from a long day's work of, of trying to help people and then watch an episode of Breaking Bad. It's got to be the right time so it's a little it's a little delicate it's gonna be delicate to navigate uh but i think it's i think it's worth it to push through i just think it's the quality and the acting performances is it, i think it would hook you pretty quick and you'd be able to move past that well and if i understand it starts out a little bit lighter and then it just kind of gets a little darker <laughs> as you go along is that fair or am i not would you disagree I mean, I think it, I think the whole thing is pretty dark, so I don't know if I would say it starts out light. It gets it starts out. I guess it it uh, compared to where we start from, it gets it gets a little. It's okay for a little bit, uh, but it, it is pretty dark. There is some some at least some offbeat humor in it. Uh, okay. Better Call Saul character Saul Goodman offers us yeah. a little bit of release with the comedy, so I think that would help. Okay. Alex, I realize you were six when Seinfeld ended, which just makes me feel wicked old. But any thoughts on this one? Um, I don't think I've ever watched Seinfeld and laughed, to be honest. <laughs> but I don't know if it's just because it was like not my time. So I guess that one. Yeah, I I never got it. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I think part of it is, I mean, part of why I'm voting for this is like, it was a terrible finale. Like I just didn't, but in retrospect, I guess I like it because they were terrible. Maybe they deserve to go to jail, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't work for me. <laughs> right. Four versus five. I've got to be honest. Another one I have not seen. Uh, Game of Thrones versus Friends. And I'm going to vote Friends just because I didn't get it. Not like to the same degree I didn't get Seinfeld, but I never thought it was as great as I heard. I would say, well, I'm, I'm a fan of Friends. It was a, a like an early show that the missus and I watched together. Uh, ha- had me laughing enough where I was satisfied. Uh, I also have never seen Game of Thrones, and I don't plan to watch it. The sci-fi genre is is not my thing, so I'm, I'm out with Game of Thrones. All right, so you are – so it sounds like you're voting uh, Game of Thrones overrated by default here because you did like Correct. Friends. All right, and Correct. I went the other way. Yeah. All right, Artie, you, you unfortunately are going to have to be the tiebreaker and, and send somebody to the waste bin. Well, because, like, I was always confused about Game of Thrones because, like, fantasies existed for, like, 100 years, and, like, it's just fantasy, except they put more nudity in it and put it on HBO. But, I mean, it's cool people like it. But, man, I also just, like, don't like Friends. I laughed at it when I was younger, but I think as I've just gotten older, like, Ross is, like, the worst. I'm going to say Friends. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, if they didn't have Ross, I might be on board. Like, this was, like, fine. Like, he was never funny. No. Poor guy. He was, like, a gimmick and not a good one. Yeah. I I agree <laughs> only because I've, I've seen every episode. I could probably give you a couple of exceptions to that, but I, I see you guys are on the same page with this. <laughs> All right. And you know what I will actually say, because um, I think our relationships had similar trajectories, Derek. When I first met my missus, um, I watched the the batch of Friends where Paul Rudd gets introduced, and I do genuinely enjoy that. Like yeah. how they met, that was actually pretty funny. But it is like the 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 cat the shadow of Ross that just puts a stink on the whole thing for me. <laughs> All right. Now, guys, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I couldn't remember what the episode, the eighth show was. Uh, and I just remember going through my notes and talking to Lucas here. All right. So now we have the three seed Lost versus the six seed The Sopranos. Lost. At least Sopranos, like, made news because it was, like, one of the first big TV shows. Lost? They didn't know what they were doing. We all knew it from season two. Just saying. Yeah, I got to agree. I, I watched the first season of Lost and really liked it. And I actually um, watched Sopranos like a year ago and never seen it before, and I liked it. So I would be, yeah, out with out with Lost. Now, Alex, you may be surprised to learn this, but sometimes I like to troll people about yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would always call that the show with uh, Charlie from House Party of Five because that just entertained me. Um but I, yeah, again, I didn't see much of Lost. The Sopranos is always weird for me. Like when I watch The Sopranos, like it's like if it's a 45 minute episode, but it's like it's 42 minutes of like, what the hell am I watching? Mm-hmm. And then it's three minutes of like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> like, 
it would just there would just be these big moments in the show like oh I, I really do like this and i love how Syl dresses so that alone means i can't vote vote it <laughs> out the next round that's a good summary all right now this one i'm curious about two seed how i met your mother seven seed the star trek franchise as an entity yeah. We're going to say How I Met Your Mother because Star Trek influenced a lot of things. So, since I am not a fan of the sci fi genre, uh, I think I stopped watching Star Trek when I was six years old because I, I was ready to grow up and everything. Um, yes. And I've got. So How I Met Your Mother, my brother was a fan of it, and I saw, I don't know how much you guys have watched of it, but I saw the episode where uh, Neil Patrick Harris uh, grew up thinking that Bob Barker was his real father. I don't know if this rings a bell, but that was one of the best episodes. That was hilarious. So I'm a fan of that show, just, just for that episode alone. I gotta say, like, I... It, it does seem like it has to be a testament to uh, Neil Patrick Harris as an actor, because it seems like if the, the wrong actor with the Barney character would have just made it a debacle, like a 1990s sitcom stereotype. But he somehow nuances that character. It's incredible. Yeah, he was perfect for that role. Yeah, I think my version of your love of the Bob Barker thing, and I did like that as well, is like his fascination with uh, the Karate Kid before it kind of came back, and like you know, uh, the Johnny character was actually <laughs> the hero of the franchise. Right. He would pull. He would reverse the script and pull for the villains in certain, uh, yeah, certain situations. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, Alex. Where are you at with this? Oh, I told you Star Trek was not overrated. You're right, I'm sorry. If you could salvage one Star Trek that wasn't included in this, what would it be? I, uh, like, which series? Like, what series, like, like, okay, that's the exception. Like, you know, I'm kind of with Derek. Like, I turned six and then I decided to grow up. But what's the series that maybe still feels like it did? Uh, what's the best of that crop? Probably anything with Picard. Mm. Okay. You're solid. I guess like William Shatner was a little bit more childish before then, but I thought they did a good job. And it does have Reading Rainbow in it. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So this was a bit of an upset. I went with How I Met Your Mother, but you guys have pushed Star Trek through to the next round. We did it. <laughs> well, All right. Wait, wait, I didn't want Star Trek going through the next round. Oh, you said How I Met Your Mother. This is most overrated. Oh, oh yes. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. All right, so now we will stay in this one because I'm a little more interested where the next one is going to go. Most overrated, Star Trek or Lost? Lost. Alex, is Lost for you kind of like a love you had for somebody that was strong and burning in the beginning and then you just find out like they slept with like six of your best friends on the same night? Because like I seem to remember you liking the first season. Yeah, I liked it a yeah, lot. You made Derek blush on that one. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's like I said, like I liked the first season, and then like it was like, oh, what's gonna happen? But then there's just like there's a polar bear on the island. Like okay, so right now there's there's a big there's a big smoke, and now there's a bunker, and if they don't hit a button, it sky lights up. And you're like, yeah, but why? And they're like, 
oh, don't you wait. There's a big statue foot on one part of the island. And you're like, what does that mean? And then they just never answered anything. It was just like, you don't know what you're doing. And then the directors were like, um, yeah, we do. And then, and then we're going to be like, no, you didn't know what you're doing. And you're just going to say they were in purgatory or something stupid. And they were like, no. And then season six happened and they were in purgatory. What was the, and again, this was like me reading something somewhere like, at some point in the series, and maybe this is the purgatory thing, like they all went back to their regular lives for a while and then they were back on the island? Yeah, they left and then they went back because they were like, we have to go back to the island. That's dumb. They voluntarily went back to the island. Yep. How did they know where it was? Well, well, that's the thing. The island was traveling dimensions or something. Like time dimensions, but don't worry, it actually wasn't because it technically wasn't that. It was technically purgatory. Well, in the end, they're just all in a church and they're like, we all just died and they weren't acting like they were dead. Man. Spoiler alert. Oh, uh, spoiler <laughs> warning on this. I'm going to poorly explain the episode of Lost and yet it's still going to make less sense when you see it. <laughs> I'm not actually this passionate about how much I hate Lost, but it was not good. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Alex, remind me, like, what was your vote? What was your candidate in this this bracket? I asked everybody to give me one. Game of Thrones. Okay. All right, so you are, you thought Lost was dumb. You're voting for Lost, most overrated, yes? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Lost versus the sci-fi genre. Derek, where are you going? I think you know my vote here. I'm going to write... Star Trek to the end here. <laughs> um, I'm going to say because the what we're doing is most overrated. I think Star Trek is a little more niche versus Lost is trying to do a thing with people. So I will, by the thinnest of margins, actually go with Lost on this one. All right. It's a tough one, though. All right. Seinfeld versus Friends. Most overrated. Seinfeld. Uh, this is a really tough one because I, I, I'm I different than you guys. I like both of these shows a lot. So uh, it's not Star Trek because you had to grow up and you're over there talking about how much you like friends. You're the best guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that one. the lunchroom. And I'm like, oh, Ross, let's talk about this for 26 minutes. Don't tell me that wasn't an episode. <laughs> no, I mean, I admit it takes some liberties here and there, but uh, yeah, uh, that, maybe that's a fair point you're making, Alex, but uh, it's still hard. I'm not quite following the logical thread there, but uh, I'm going to say I will say Friends as the more overrated. Oh, and I think you should like Nancy Gosher and you like Eric. I'm not trying to be mean. I like that you like Friends. I... Lost the audio there, sorry. Yeah, same. Alex, I don't know if your audio's got a little choppy, if you can do anything to get your volume up. Oh, my bad. Here, I'll just move But if it was phone. another knock on Friends, I didn't need to hear it. <laughs> oh, I wonder. I would think, Derek, I'm glad that you like what you like, and I enjoyed Friends when I was younger, too. So. And Megan loves Friends. So. <laughs> I was just fighting for the sake of the bracket. I just... Bracket first. There I'm are things I like about Friends... But it's like I'd never got the Jerry. I never got Jerry Seinfeld being funny. I just I don't. 
I get it. Other people think he is, and I'm sure people don't get why I think Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang are funny. So not casting too many stones, but since this is my my creation, I'm going to move Seinfeld to the next round, which takes us to this ought to be fun. Seinfeld versus Lost, most overrated show. Can I say this real quick that I I was not a fan of Seinfeld's stand up. I was a fan of the show, but not the stand up. I thought he was way overrated as a stand-up so at least can have that as common ground uh but uh obviously i gotta go lost here i'm yeah can i say seinfeld no wait no i'm gonna say lost lost a winner I, I, lost is gonna win and i'm gonna be the minority vote but i always think it's complicated for me with lost because it's like people love seinfeld it seemed like this thing like People were annoyed by Lost for the longest time, but it kept being on TV. So maybe it was because it was more divisive at the time versus like I just felt like I was on an island of disliking Seinfeld. But all right, there it is. They would every episode was like, what's going to happen? And they're like, well, we can't cancel the show because there's 300 unanswered questions. And then the directors were like, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. If we just never answer a question, they can't end the show. And then on season season seven. ABC finally picked up on their scam and called them out on it. So they were in purgatory. But now, I will say, like, the model of never answer the questions is how my beloved General Hospital has made it 60 years. I <laughs> sense <laughs> that Alex has just been more, like, hurt. That he's just kind of, he's kind of wounded with how Lost Story played out, and, and that's where this is coming from. <laughs> they personally attacked me. My intelligence. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thank you for doing that with me, guys. That was a lot of fun. All right. That but we are going to move to number two. Um, I was I was in a group chat with talking to Cam, Lucas, and Jason, and they're kind of uh, sorry. Cam and Lucas were bemoaning some bad luck they've been having this year, like their high point scores, but they have crap records and as they like to point out they both have scored more points than i do even though i am eight and three so and there's some fairness there but so my question for you guys like what percentage of winning a fantasy football championship do you think is just dumb luck 50 50 alex is just confident with his answers because i i feel like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mystery like <laughs> What I feel like I can say confidently is that skill is not enough because we all know you can have great teams and the stars just do not align. Uh, so I feel like with, particularly when it comes to the playoffs, obviously it's it's the injuries, luck you need to have, also matchups. But if I had to give a percentage to answer the question, I would just do like a 70-30 breakdown of well, 70, I'm going to make it 60-40. 60% skill, 40%. No, 70% skill. I'm changing my answer at the moment. 70% skill, 30% luck. Okay. So uh, I like where you went there, Derek, but I think, yeah, I, I'm going to go close to Alex's answer because it, to take the question literally is not to just get into the playoffs, but to actually win the championship. So for all that to break right, it almost does feel like it's 50-50. I mean, we've done the you and this is your third year in our league, and what we've seen is I won the championship as the five number five team in my rankings, and Alex won it last year as the two team. 
in the rankings. So it's uh, it has been more unusual for the the top team to take it home. So I guess I'm somewhere between the two. But yeah, to actually win it is hard because I think you and I. <laughs> I think one of these years before you were in the league, Derek, and I was lamenting to you about a champion, one of my many championships lost. I said to you, you know, the moral of the story is highest winning percentage in the history of our league. That's that's what has felt meaningful. The the resume, the pedigree over the the many years we've been doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that you've persuaded me to move me move back to my original 60-40. I know I was wavering, but uh, I, I see your point there. Okay. Uh, pivot real quick. I hadn't. I wasn't going to ask this, but now I'm thinking out loud. Uh, what percentage luck to make the playoffs? So I feel like it would be the skill. I think weighs more heavier in the regular season because you have a larger sample size. So I would give that 70-30. Playoffs 50-50. Does that work? I'm almost in the exact same place as you, so that does work for me because I think that six out of ten make the playoffs. So just to get in, if you stay if you stay active with the waiver wire and do any prep going into the year, yeah, totally. Art, I still say fifty percent. I I don't know. There are teams like years like I have one league. My team is like number one in points scored, and I'm like in last. And it's just like I don't even know what I can do. So I don't know. Say that last part again. So I was just like, I don't even know what I can do. Because it's like, sometimes I'll just have these amazing teams and I just don't win. Um, Usually it evens out by the playoffs, but like, yeah. Yeah, I think that, no, I think you're right. I think it's just a hard one to gauge this year because I think think we agree you've got a quality team this year. And they're on the inside of the bubble looking out in the good way. Well, it's not even that. It's more other leagues. Like, I think at least this league, I it kind of evens out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I don't know what other leagues you were in, but I know in the, in our, in our 80s league, you were definitely getting um, on the short end of the stink end of the stick with that league. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just going to pick our pace up just a little bit because we're 30 minutes in and have to cover two topics. So, all right, this is one. Um, Sunday, <laughs> Zach Wilson of the Jets completed seven passes, and that's painful for reasons we'll get into later. He completes seven passes. The Jets punt eight times. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> well, okay, so how many attempts did he make? <laughs> 22. Eight for 22, 77 yards. Oh, well, 8, 16, 20. You know, that's over a third, you know? And, like, you know, he's had it's maybe his worst week, but he'll come back. Don't you worry. It's a tough division. Well, well, I, I, well, I want to ask you guys this. Like, seriously, though, like, do you start thinking about getting a new quarterback? Like, I mean, one of the other areas I want to get into, and I'm guessing one of you guys would have taken me here in a minute, was like his lack of accountability in the postgame press conference. Like, your yeah. defense gave up three points. Do you feel like you failed as an offense? No. You did. The ball talks, checks great, and you dropped the ball. It's a that's really not a response that's going to bond you with your uh, teammates on the other end, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And if I understand, their coach uh, was not willing to continue committing to him as a as a starting quarterback. So I know um, Alex kind of has some 
you know, an inkling to to be protective of some of these low caliber quarterbacks. And, uh, no offense, Alex, but uh, he's not as bad as Lawrence. But no, no, Lawrence is not as bad as him. I want to say, but he's. I don't see him uh, staying as a starting quarterback for too long. I I, I think he's uh, the writing's on the wall that he's a bust. I think he just needs some time. I think he had a bad week. I think Zach Wilson's come back. That team is doing way better than it has in the past. I've seen I've seen many a quarterback get, you know, Peterman lasted two, two, three more years in the league after he had his worst game. I think where it gets complicated though, and I do I genuinely appreciate your optimism, Alex. I wish you were more you were older and more able to help me during the Joy Harrington era, but I think what does complicate this, like the Jets are six and five. Like this could, this team has a chance to actually get to the playoffs and do some things. This isn't like um, you're not the Texans and let's just see what we have with Davis Mills here, whether we're going to win two or four games. Like this is legitimately a team that can get in and maybe I'm biased from having watched them. And I, I do have an affinity for James Robinson. I do really like uh, Chris Garrett. That's the kid's name, right? Am I saying the right? Wilson Garrett. Garrett Wilson. Sorry, I don't know. Garrett, yeah. Garrett yeah. Wilson. Yep. So maybe I'm a little biased there, but that and, and Salah really seems like he can coach up a defense really, really well. Like you, you only get so many opportunities in the NFL. I think I, I'm not sure he's the guy. And I think you've got to try to play for this year. And, and if I'm right, and you are a little bit there too, Derek, if it's you, if you're going to hand the reins off, is it going to be to 95 year old Joe Flacco who's got experience or Mike White, who has less experience but uh, he can sling it. I mean, Trent Dilfer once won a Super Bowl as the Tampa was it Tampa, or Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Yes, as the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, and he was terrible, and the the defense was great. So I think trading a, a young, uh, inept rookie quarterback for a veteran who is at least serviceable is a good upgrade. So I, I would definitely uh, go with the 95-year-old man, Flacco. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Um, four, less fantasy and more regular NFL driven again. Three games on Thanksgiving. That makes me really happy. Or is that the same for you guys, or do you feel like you get to miss, you're missing out because you're doing other stuff on the holiday? I love it because I get to watch the Detroit Lions every year, and it gives me an excuse to watch football on Thanksgiving. Because in this state, it is now like a tradition and acceptable for everybody to do that during family time, and I enjoy that. So um, the other games, I don't really watch as much because in the afternoon I'm usually pretty busy, but it's usually like always the Cowboys whom the lack of caring I give about the Dallas Cowboys. My apologies to them. And then <laughs> what is it usually like the game of the week or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I sometimes miss it, but that's all right. This is kind of a complicated question for me. This is where I don't know if uh, I know our society puts a lot of uh, emphasis on family, and I'm just not quite sure if it's uh, more than it needs to be. Uh, <laughs> I, <think laughs> you know, I have a little bit of a complicated situation, which is we go over to uh, my wife's mother's home and uh her siblings and nobody in that family uh is a, a football fan and so there are no games on but thank goodness for the magic of being able to record a game so i still i come home and then i 
three games I got a lot of catching up to do, so I got to try to go through it somewhat quickly. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of a mixed bag for me because of uh, not being able to watch the game during those uh, you know the live moments. This is confusing. Will the television be on at all? No. No. Yeah. No. What do you do? Talk to each other? Yeah, exactly. What in the absolute hell is that? <laughs> I mean, it's a novel concept, but uh, in this day and age, it doesn't make sense to me to not have uh, the TV on for one. Uh, but I tell you, if the TV gets put on, I'm going to really advocate hard for the football games. But if we had to take a vote, I would be the only vote in favor of it. What do you do when the TV's not on? <laughs> yeah, no, it's the it's the talking. <laughs> it's gross. I, I do think it's a good point, Alex. I, I, from your perspective, I'm just really sad for Derek. I'm having to rally around that right now. <laughs> like I think it is different as Lions fans. Like you know, because we're terrible, it really is the one primetime game we get all year. So it is a bit more of the norm to like. It's actually appointment viewing because it's always the early game it's always on and it's just a thing that you do and then you lament how terrible you are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i hope my wife didn't overhear my response to this one i don't think so i just think she's downstairs but taking taking shots at the the family but i tell you that they wouldn't watch a football game so they're certainly not going to listen to a podcast about (laughs) <laughs> That's not a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I will. Uh, I mean, if she did, almost it almost make me I'd be touched. But uh, yeah, let's we'll uh, we'll trust that there. <laughs> so a week removed, I got to ask number five, guys. What is your quick hit response to the Trinity segment? Now that we've had some time to process that. Uh, Megan loved it, and she keeps quoting it. So you made one person happy. <laughs> Alex, I, I think to your credit, I, I tease you a lot. I know that I do, and I have to get better about it. But I think one of the things I love about you as a brother, I would just say, Alex, we are doing this, and it's going to involve you ad-libbing. And you're like, all right, let's make it work. And, I mean, just the way you stepped into that, um, that, that couldn't have been easy, and it was impressive. I mean, I do that stuff all the time, so I enjoyed it. I was appreciative of the opportunity. Thanks for, thanks for putting me out there, Coach. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't get uh, bumped tonight for for Trinity, you know, <laughs> as the third wheel here. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so, I mean, was the I mean, you were the choice, Derek. So I mean, did, unfortunately, did it now? Was there not a love connection? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have no comment on on that. <laughs> Especially if your wife, yeah, I mean, after right. your wife would listen to that last five minutes, we don't need to take her into this part. So, yeah, exactly, yeah, no. exactly. But uh, no, I uh, we we gave you the ball, Alex, and you ran. So very impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what well, might not be as impressive, I am not trying to insult you because you, um, I've made plenty of mistakes this week and this year, Alex. But the decision to start start Michael Carter over Najee, can you walk me through that one or walk us through that one? Michael Carter has outscored Najee to me so many times, and I did it anyway because Najee keeps getting me seven or eight points. And I just had him permanently benched, and I keep thinking that he's going to do better because Bryce Hall did pretty solid, and I thought he would take over more. But I, it's the first week Najee Harris actually, like, succeeded. It's 
stupid. It made me sad. But see how many points I got last week? Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> going to matter, unfortunately. I got 69. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that does inflate the Najee number and why I think you deserve a little less grief Um Jalen Warden had been eaten into that. Uh, we we were in a we were in a timeshare, and he just got hurt like after his first touch of the ball. So Najee went back to being a workhorse, which he hadn't been all year long, and it was a crap defense he was playing. So I think you you can't you can't forecast that part. I think it's and you couldn't project that Zach Wilson see item two on our list was going to do Zach Wilson things. Yeah, well, you know, you think if he only completed seven passes, his running back would have a few more touches. Yeah, I don't remember Michael Carter's stat line, but I remember James Robinson, seven carries, 10 yards. So, I mean, nobody was doing much of anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'll come back next week. Don't you worry. That's just my it's my weekly Pam game. That's just how that goes, you know? <laughs> Wait, were you playing Cam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Derek, you may or may not know, but we've tracked win-loss records against each other through the years. And, I mean, Cam, Cam owns Alex like he's new in prison. I mean, it's been... Uh, it's been like a 90% win rate. Uh, so, yeah, I always lose to him. So, we've been talking a little bit more about NFL football. I want to move us back into our league for this question. Um, I'm actually excited to watch the scoreboard this week. I think three of the five games at the minimum, not counting the ones you each individually have a vested interest in, I mean, they're going to be pretty impactful. I mean, Derek, I think you and Bobby, winner is really in the driver's seat for the division. I think it's fair to say if you lose, there's it would be hard to come back. Yeah. Conversely, if you win, you guys are tied. You own the tiebreaker, and I think you would be the favorite. I mean, it feels like it is all cards all cards in the middle of the table right now for you. I think that Kelly is an ascending team. Cam has got some good pieces, but I think the loser of this it's it's got to be a knockout game. I think there's just you'd be in tiebreaker hell to come back from a four and eight record with three weeks and run the table. And then to think, uh, I think Alex, Matt, you guys are winners going to, I think the winner should be at the one yard line of having a, a playoff spot if they win. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun things to watch. And those are three games of the four that I'm not involved in that I'm referencing. So I, I think I might be part of the game of the week then, I think I can say. I don't think that's too too bold of a assertion. Um uh, I've actually been a, a scoreboard watcher pretty much all year. I've just, uh, uh, maybe just, I, I usually am, but it seems like even more so this year. Um, so I, I will be, uh, I will be, it doesn't take long before, like at least the first 45 minutes, I'm so focused on my own team that I got like tunnel vision, but then uh, shortly thereafter, I, uh, I'll be, I'll be monitoring the scoreboard. So uh I'll, I'll be continuing that and and it's yeah the the stakes are getting higher so the excitement level for what's going on is uh is all that much more and i think for you as part of that too has to be like it's been a fun ride for you the kind of the ascension like a couple of bad breaks the first year playoff contender second year and i think you i mean we've talked about it you're kind of in the trio we've got the top tier right now so it's guys these are when the year these are this is when it's fun yeah, I have to say I was not a happy camper when I was three and four, and I thought I was going to lose in that game to to math. I was going to go to three and five, and I think I was complaining to you. I'm like, this is not a sub 500 football team. This is ridiculous. But yes, now I'm taking everything in, and I'm a I'm a much happier camper. Of course, winning cures it all. You know. <laughs> God, it's a blessing and a curse. 
What about you, Alex? Any scoreboard watching, or do you kind of more just want to see the end product? Um, I try to avoid it because I just get kind of sad usually earlier on, and I just kind of like look after the first like games of the week are done of the Sunday, and then kind of keep more track of it later on. I'm not being funny. I've heard this multiple times. I hear like this is how artists will talk about a song when they release it. They put all this work into the song, they release it, and then they, they put it they put it in the universe's hands. Like they can't do anything else. I mean, once we once we go live, there's not a whole lot you can do at that point. You you've made your choices, and the results are going to be the results. Yeah, I, that's yeah. I love that mentality. All right, this, was, this one is intentionally wide open because I want to see what you guys could do with it. The biggest mystery in our fantasy football – I'm sorry, nope, reset. The biggest mystery in fantasy football for the rest of the season is blank. Sorry, the biggest what? Mystery. The biggest mystery is what? I was just waiting to see how quickly Alex is going to come up with something, but uh, I could give him some time to think it over if you like. Yeah, RJ, give me a minute. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the, you know, certainly who gets the uh, top two seeds and the and the, the first round buys is is up for for grabs, and then I'm intrigued by who will get the last spot because I think it is still it's still pretty wide open. Um, I'm really curious about what what happens with Cam's team because he's just it sounds like from what I understand of league history I've only, it's only my third year but he always finds a way to get into the playoffs and he very well could here um, even though uh, we we sort of labeled him as having a quite a significant mishap last week uh, but the big win <laughs> over Alex he like he's right he's right in the mix of things and. I'm curious. I just feel like I might be destined to play him in the playoffs. So I guess for me, the mystery is uh, what is going to happen with the mysterious, <laughs> the enigma that is Cam's team. I just want to know who makes the playoffs because I think there's just like I mean like I could even fall out. You know, I think there's still some possibility of people coming back. Um, I'm really not really curious too much about who gets the first buy because I don't know. I don't really pay attention to the buy usually. I'm more just trying to make it to the playoffs in the first place. Um, but I don't know. I just think that would be neat to see. I mean, it has been two consecutive weeks where the majority of the games, the underdog won. And it has just absolutely reshuffled the deck. I mean, we thought we knew, like, these are the six teams and these are the four teams throughout this house going to land. And now, like Kelly, a 1% chance of making the playoff, playoffs per ESPN's model is now up to 16. I mean, she's Jonathan Taylor's back. She survived the two of bye. She's going to get Jamar Chase back this week or next. That's going to be a big one between those two. Yeah, I'm just really curious to see how this sorts out. I think we're going to go into next week. I think Jason could beat me, but I don't think he's still going to get into the playoffs. I think So I think we're nine teams for six spots at this point. I think mathematically, three of us are clinched. Derek, you're at the half-yard line. I mean, you could still lose out and probably make it, but I just think mathematically it's not quite locked in yet. And, uh, yeah, I think this is going to kind of be an interesting weekend. I think the next two weeks are going to be a lot of talking about the schedule. makes you wonder if ESPN needs to reevaluate their analysis, if uh, they're only giving Kelly a 1% chance. 
know. Oh no, this was when she was a uh, two weeks ago when she was like two and seven or something like that. She was a. Uh... Yeah, I know it was a low point, but I don't know. One percent still seems pretty low. Yeah. Me, and that was a good I, team. Yeah. I mean, this has been a good team. I think they're my biggest surprise for a team that doesn't have a better record than they do. All right. So the Jenkins are often lamented, and that is okay. It's my show, my rankings. I'll do it how I want. But I do want to ask you guys, if these were not a thing, and I just said, rank yourself, where do you think you are as far as top 10 in the league or in the 10-pack? Where are you? I think it would be very similar to what you have in the power Jenkins. Okay. So kind of like mid to upper mid sometimes. But I feel like my win-loss record doesn't show that. So like I would get – if I came down to like five or six. So I think for me, it's been accurate. Okay. Yeah, this might not be the most exciting answer, but I would say pretty similarly. I I think uh, I would have myself near the top. I don't want to be ranked number one because of all the pressure and the hype that would go along with it. So I think the two or three spot, which I assume I'm at in light of where I was last week, I, I think I would have a similar read. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm inflated by a better win total than I deserve. I'd have myself six, and I've been living around four or five, so I don't think it's been all that off for me either. All right. So last one. Uh, this one I'm just going to have you everyone go independently, and I won't weigh in on it too much. But uh, in honor of Thanksgiving, what is your power, your top five power rankings of Thanksgiving food? I will go first to give you guys a moment just in case. Uh, we live and die with the stuffing, followed by the bread the corn the potatoes and i'm going to go all-encompassing dessert i don't care that it's not a side it's dessert and it's thanksgiving it is the mother of all cheat days <laughs> i'm gonna say mashed potatoes mac and cheese turkey um bread and stuffing no i'm gonna say some good drinks some good ciders. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, my top three would be number one is stuffing. Number two is mashed potatoes and gravy. Number three is turkey. And there's not much for me that separates one through three. But whatever's fourth would be like quite a ways down. So pro- I guess uh, pumpkin pie would be number four. But yeah, the, the top three, it's a, it's a big it's a big three for sure. No, no, totally on board. Now I got to ask though, stuffing like, um, we we Alex and I live in the stovetop box stuffing, and there are zero complaints. It's it's a pleasure and a joy. Um, but I would also wonder if maybe uh, Jen's mom might be a little more extravagant than that with the Thanksgiving stuffing. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, and this is a testament to my wife here. There was one year we went over to the mom's house. And it was it was not the stovetop. The texture was not right. It was kind of crunchy. And I said something to Jen and I wasn't I didn't want to insult anybody. I just pointed out that this is my preference for stuffing every every year since then. Jen always brings the stuffing. It's always the stovetop best stuff. So she's a great wife. She comes through on that every year. Uh, Problem solved. I mean, she already had an impeccable resume and I didn't know about this stuffing thing, but I mean, yeah. That's what takes you from the greats to the Hall of Famers right there. I, well done, sir. Exactly. Exactly. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciated it. Yeah. No, that 
If I had a heart, that would get right there for it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to just pivot us real quick into the Jenkins for the week. All right. So just to kind of recap where we were last week, it was Jason in at 10, Kelly 9, Lucas 8, Matt 7, Cam was 6, Alex, you were 5, I was 4, Carly was 3, Derek, you were 2, and Bobby was 1. So with that, where are we at, guys? Who is number 10 this week? I'm going to say Jay. Jay. Was 10, stays 10. We are going to, uh, Mr. Jason is still in that spot. Is he statistically out? He's statistically out now? No. Uh, he's right, in the okay. percent bracket. This is where the comeback happens. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's got it. There's not a lot to like on the roster, but the one thing there is to love on this roster, the Cowboys finally seem to understand that uh, Tony Pollard is the way to go. They've at least moved it to a timeshare versus being a 70-30 split. And my word, that, that young man is an impressive at the game of football. Yeah, he is. He does a really good job. I'm still surprised they're actually sticking with Ezekiel and Elliott as much as they do, but yeah. every time I see him out there, he does a really good job. I think the one thing Zeke does is I guess I'd rather give him the ball at the one-yard line than Pollard. That's about it. But, yeah. Yeah, I've got a, I have an appreciation for Pollard. Alex, I was playing Derek in another league. Um, the scoring is just too complicated to get into. Um, but in any other week, it would have been a good week, and Pollard would have carried me to victory. But Derek might have had one of the top three highest scores in league history. So <laughs> I was dead in the water, and it was a wasted week. But uh, it was fun just to listen to and watch him. Pollard just kind of blow up. So Just remember, I, I was in a rebuilding phase for three years with this team, so it's been a long time coming. Uh, why I'm now a powerhouse there. And it's well done. In this league, once you get to that status, you can be there for a while. So kudos. Thank you. All right. Nine. Kelly. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Lucas. All right, Alex, your dream of a perfect season is still alive. Number nine was nine, stays nine. Kelly. Okay, I got I got this one. So yeah, it's an impressive rally as we talked about earlier. Um, she's she's knocking on the door. Uh, I think you know, especially when she gets chased back. I think this is a it's a dangerous lineup. I think it's got some holes. Um, not the wide receiver core is is very weak, even with Chase. I mean Chase and Evan Evans helps. It's not horrible then with those with those two. Um, and she's really strong with at the running back with you know with Taylor. Um, is there a running back? I'm, uh, well, I guess. That's Jacobs. Sorry, yeah. So, um, and then she'll have Tua, assuming I don't think Stafford. Well, yes, I mean Tua is the guy anyway for for sure. So, I think we said last week that she could be the team, like that that emerges here. 
and she's treading in the right direction. So I think I think this is kind of a a dangerous and intriguing team. I think the the schedule is going to be hard. She's got Bobby stacked in the middle of that, and then games with Cam and Lucas, who, uh, as we talked about, the records aren't great, but they they put up a lot of points. And I think that uh, you and I, yeah, you and it was eerie, Derek. You and I were both in the same place. So like, if she wins this week, um, she can do the thing, and she did it without a lot of her good players. And now the band is back together. And I, it sounds like Chase is a bit of a toss-up, but uh, if he if he comes back. I might be hoping that she stays on the outside because, I mean, I don't know if I want to deal with that in the playoffs. Right. All right, Alex, we're going to we're gonna give you the reins to lead off here. So you're two for two. Who is eight? Lucas. Yeah, Lucas. No. Me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alex. No. That was no. Oh. Uh, Cam? Cam. <laughs> no. Matt? Was seven falls a spot to eight, Matthew? Uh. So Ooh, talk to you. I, I, I'm sorry, you guys threw me off. I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, less important how we got there. I will tell you, um, obviously, we talked the last couple of weeks about the Cooper Cup injury being just a tough blow for Matt. Um, I guess I would say on the flip side of what can be positive is sometimes when the universe uh, takes, it gives. So one of the things that worked out, not nearly as well, I'm not trying to say that, but one of the things that worked is in Chicago, Khalil Herbert, who had been making quite a bit of noise, um, kind of in the Jalen Warren disrupting, Jalen Warren, Tony Pollard. Uh, usurping the starters was kind of happening over there. But now that uh, Herbert is out, I think it's for the year, but if it's not, it's for a long while. Uh, David Montgomery has gotten back to being the main running back and he's continues to be not good in that role. But in fantasy <laughs> football, if there is one moral to the story, if the running back position volume is king and that guy's, he runs a lot on a run first offense and he catches enough balls as well. So um, that could help. So, Keenan Allen also came back a little bit last week, should be back even more this week from the hamstring. So I think those are things to be excited about. And if Juju comes back as well, I think this is why uh, this is a team that was on is currently on the inside looking out. So um, there's reason to think they can continue to do that. But I do think at least right now, this is kind of, this is their ceiling. Well, maybe a spot or two up, but this is about where they belong. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge win though. Because uh, been a little bit of a slump there, big big bounce back at least. Yeah, I Lamar Jackson didn't do too hot, but besides that, because what? How many points did Lamar Jackson get? It was I don't know the total, but I mean the Bengals, the Ravens themselves only put up 13 points. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then I think yeah, Dalvin only had seven points, which stunk because it thought like it looked like he was really coming back and he had like one of his worst weeks, but you know he still has big wins and I think he can make the playoffs. I think one of the things I forgot about that I have to remember is Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins and you put him on anything but the early game on Sunday and I think you're asking uh, to lose. So I'm going to just use that as my leverage point to say that I'm guessing that uh, when all eyes are on the 
Cowboys, I'm sorry, the Vikings Thursday night when they put money would be on the Patriots if I was so inclined to be a gambling man. All right, guys, talk to me. So that was eight. Who is seven? Lucas. Lucas. You got it, guys. Was eight. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, was eight bumps up a spot to seven. We had a nice bounce back there, Alex. Nice job. Um, yeah, I think this is like maybe the first time I've really felt uh, genuine uh, compassion for after after beating an opponent in, fan, in fantasy football. <laughs> I mean, I, I talked about it at the very beginning, but it, it was just a brutal way to lose um, because, I mean, Lucas – he had a really rough start to the season and then he had a really nice rally and he was just right in the mix of things. I think there's still a path for him, but it's, it's going to be tough now. And again, I, I think it's just been a bad luck of the draw. I mean, we talked about how Kamara was the, has been the, the weakness of his team, but he's got a good receiving crew. Hertz has been uh, really good uh, with Travis Etienne having a good season um, so I just think it's been a unfortunate series of events for him and that a lot of that is to blame on my team and specifically the car, Devontae Adams, double dip. So I think Lucas is going to be, yeah, he's going to be seeing, seeing the face of those two in his nightmares. Sorry, Lucas. Yeah, your two games have been decided by like 10-ish points total, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that. This one was a little more, it was close. The first time I beat Lucas, I should not have won that game. I think the whole second half, uh, the, the, the app was giving me like a 15% chance of winning. So that one, I really pulled it out of, you know, where. But this one was closer throughout the whole game. But, yeah, I just got killed. Just got killed by that overtime touchdown. I will say it's not just um, Lucas and Carr. I think Nathaniel Hackett... Uh, Poor management of the game clock also contributed to that whole situation and going into overtime. I feel like Hackett would be a coach who, like, he would he could win the coin toss in overtime and he would still defer and kick to the other the other team. You know, the Lions did that one year. <laughs> we wanted the wind against the Bears. Are you serious? Rod yeah, Marinelli. Yeah, a legend was born. Wow. That has to be the worst. It's got to be right up there for the worst decision ever. Oh my yeah, that was pretty poor. You know, Derek, you uh, I hadn't thought about that since you made that that connection. So sorry. I think we can argue. No, no, that Nathaniel Hackett cost Lucas this matchup because if he plays it like you know a football coach who's higher than like IQ is higher than twelve, that game doesn't go to overtime. You don't win, and he lost in week one. If you remember, because Nathaniel Hackett decided to kick a 60-yard field goal because with 40 seconds to go, he let the clock go all the way down. And I think the number is the Raiders are 2-0 against the Broncos and 1-7 against the rest of the league. And his other loss against you was the week that I believe the car was playing the Broncos again. That one was they were playing the Chiefs. Oh, disregard then. Okay, so he has cost Lucas two, not three games. So you flip that around. Lucas is five and six instead of three and eight. So play a game with me here real quick, guys. Um, Lucas is three and eight. He's I think he's got to go three and zero oh to 
because I've been on the uh, record saying I think six wins get you in the playoffs. This is the schedule. All right, three and eight. He's going to play Carly first, then he's going to play Matt, and then he's going to get what's probably a fully stocked Kelly team. What do you think his record is in these last three games, guys? I'm going to say two. Uh, I'm stuck between one and one and two and two and one. But I'm going to say I'm going to say two and one. Yeah, I was going to say Sam. I think I'll, I'll say that he uh, finishes strong and and goes two and one, which may sounds like pr- likely would not be enough. But yeah, I don't see that. five and nine getting you in. No. So, all right, but. We have thought I have thought lots of things about how this year is going to go over the last month, and I have been wrong a whole lot. So he's still alive. That's what matters. All right. Six. Me? Yeah, I'll say Alex. Was five takes a small step backward to six. Alex, talk about the team. Rough beat last week. Um, I got 69 points. It was one of the worst um, games in fantasy that I've ever had. Um, even the people I didn't think would do well destroyed on Cam's team. Um, congratulations to uh, Lions running back for getting three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> that was great. Um it was just rough. Like every time I looked, it was like nobody did anything. And then it was like the later game happened. It was like, well, don't worry. Then the guy on your bench did great. And I was like, well, that was just kind of a kick in the butt. Not that it would have mattered if I started him anyway. But like, I think we just, we just, we just got the loss out of the way. You know, I think the guys are hurting. It's getting late in the season. I think they just needed, you know, we just need to reevaluate what we're doing. If that makes sense. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have talked on the periphery of the idea of I've got Deshaun Watson coming back right before the trade deadline. Like, and I said, is there a trade to be made here or, or not? I mean, if I'm you, I, sorry, if I'm in your spot, I want to make a deal, whether it's with me or somebody else who's got a quarterback. I, I just don't know how that you can make a run with one of these guys at the helm, whether it's Jared Goffocles or Aaron Rodgers, if he's still on your team, which he's actually not. You have Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Same story. Mm-hmm. Derek, is there a trade to be made there? Deshaun Watson for somebody on Alex's team, or do you – I mean, I'm talking to both of you guys, I guess, right now. Do you just have to live with what you got because you don't want to weaken another position to take a wild card on at the quarterback position, or do you do you make a move to make a move? Alex, do you want to talk about your team first? Well, I just, I just don't know like what I would want to get away that would make, like when it comes to my team, it's like the things that people would want are the things that are the only things that make my team good. So it's like I don't know if it would be necessarily like even trades. It's like I don't know what I could get for Nick Chubb or Justin Jefferson that I would think would be viable for the small upgrade. So. Well, I've got an idea, but I want to hear what Derek has to say. Well, I, I see Alex's point there because I think it's a very top-heavy team. You've got your main three with Chubb, Jefferson, and Andrews. Um, but the other guys I don't think would be – I mean, maybe Harris now after a good game could be an appeal. Um, and I, 
I try to tell you Lawrence sucked, Alex, but I, I understand you you believe in him and still probably do. So hey, he did I a great job. I've only had him for two weeks, and one of those was a buy, and the other one he got me 37 points. That's right. He he he's got got to a good start. Um, <laughs> I still don't think he's the either the short term or long term answer, but um, but it sounds like you you've got something you've been working out, Steve. What do you what do you got? Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Tyler Lockett for Deshaun Watson. I think I lose the trade in a vacuum, but Deshaun Watson would never play for me unless Patrick Mahomes got injured. And what is the weakness of my team? That bottom wide receiver tight end spot. And this is exactly a type of guy that you wouldn't mind being in that spot. Uh, it's just I would have to hope Deontay Johnson picks it up, but I don't think he's gonna. But I like the tra- I like the trade though. I think I would do it. I would risk it. I don't know. Well, if I'd I say what feels like a better duo to to trot out like in the playoffs. Would you rather run a Jared Goff, Deontay, uh, sorry, a Jared Goff, Tyler Lockett combination, or Lawrence, whoever you're going to go with on a given week, or Deshaun Watson, Deontay Johnson lineup? I think it's about which which combination feels like it's better. I think I would rather have Watson. So I would do that trade. All right. We got something here. What was that, Derek? We got something here. I think that might be. Okay. And I think I could trade you back a wider receiver because, quite frankly, I think I'd have to because it would put me at my limit. And he can give you Lawrence, or not Lawrence, but uh, Goff, if you need to to, uh, even. Oh, wait, maybe that doesn't work. Never mind. Well, I do need a backup, and I think Lawrence. I, I'm with. I'm more in your camp about Lawrence, Derek. But I would say that Lawrence is going to be better than what's on the waiver wire. It's debatable, but I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Derek. How do you not? No, no you're right. I'm, I'm now exaggerating a little how bad he is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take this up. I'm uh, sorry, uh, Derek. Is a is more neutral party. Does it feel like a grossly unfair trade, or if you saw it, you wouldn't really be inclined to want to veto it? Uh, no, I wouldn't veto that because there there is a perspective on each side here of how it would be uh, advantageous. So no, I, I would definitely not veto that. Okay. All right, and want us okay. We're gonna pick up our pace just a little bit here, just because I want to be mindful of the time and having to make our conversion. Who's five? Um, I'm gonna say. Derek? I'm going to say you, Steve. Alex, did you say Derek? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, you're both wrong. I feel like I'm missing somebody. We already talked about... Uh, We said Cam, right? Bob slips down all the way to five? No, that wouldn't. (laughs) Shoot, who am I missing? Is it Cam? Oh, Cam. That's Cam. Uh, yeah, my screen crashed, but I believe Cam was six last week, and he's moved up to five. Cam. So I will. Yeah, sorry, just to check on Cam's team real quick. I, I think 
that the struggle of this team is what do you believe? Like if you believe that Javante Williams or sorry, it's not Javante Williams because he's, he's smoked me. If you believe Jamal Williams is going to be what he has been, maybe not three touchdowns. Um, if you think AJ Brown is going to continue to be what he's been, if you think Debo is going to be what he was last night, I think all of those things, yeah, those could happen um, for a game or two, but I don't have to be the same drum here, but I don't think it can happen three times in a row. I think my concerns are um, we're now at number five. We're getting into the the elite teams, and I think the problem is that Aaron Jones isn't an elite running back. I'm not bashing him. He's number nine. That's where he should be, but he's, of all the teams that are left, he's the one who's got a stud running back who could put up five, most likely about five points in a week. I think that's concerning. I think A.J. Brown, I've always said, is having a career year, and he's kind of returned to earth a little bit. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is on the flip side of what Jason's experiencing with the Tony Pollard resurgence. Ezekiel Elliott isn't like a must-start now. I just, uh, I think it's a good team, and I think five is a fair ranking, so he deserves to be in the top half of the league, but I don't, I think, kind of like I said earlier, I think this is the ceiling of this team right now. And I owe Cam an apology from last week. I, I referred to Matt Judon as a, a linebacker, and he's a defensive lineman, so I would like to sincerely apologize for that. And congratulations for Jamal Williams for knocking up, shooting up after last week to the 11th-ranked running back. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to offer Cam, and I appreciate your graciousness, Derek, and I'm going to follow it up by offering an apology for nothing, and I stand by everything <laughs> I said. <laughs> If we were had more time, I would tell a parallel to a, a, a story I saw about a snake on National Geographic. But uh, we'll save that for when we've got a little more time. So kudos to Cam. I think uh, you could argue he's a better team than me, but I think this is about the top of the line for him. So, all right, four. I'll say you. Yeah, I'm going to say Steve. Was five, moves up to four. Um, no, sorry, was four, stays at four. Let's go through this real quick. Um, nobody ever likes to lose a game. So we all have our laments. I will just take 30 seconds to share my lament, like in the nonsense that was last week. Like Garrett, Garrett Wilson, two catches, 12 yards. Kadarius Tony, one target, gets injured in the first quarter. Damian Pierce, eight yards rushing. I mean, there's just everybody had a terrible game. Like Mahomes and McCaffrey were fantastic. And then after that, my top point scores were my man crush, Young Moy Koo, and my defense. Like, I'll be curious you guys' opinions, and I'll go here real quick, but I continue to be confident in this team. I think that the, the top end talent is good. I think that getting – Marquise Brown was a big get for my team. I think hopefully that will clear out the bottom of my roster if I possibly work out for something with Tyler Lockett. If I can just get some stability at the bottom wide receiver position, I really do believe this is a team that can do some things. I think uh, Joe Flacco could could take your team to to the the very top. Uh, I think he had a good connection with Wilson. Yeah. So uh, what we were talking about earlier. You know, your your destiny may uh, rise and fall on whether uh, Selah decides to, to put in the 95-year-old. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's what I did want to say uh, real quick. I, uh, 
I regret nothing I said about Cam, but I do want to kind of spread the sh- sunshine onto other people. I gave him crap because he made a mistake. My draft was one entire one one entire uh, mistake aside from Patrick Mahomes. I got lucky with Christian McCaffrey, and then I burn. In hindsight, I knew I was going to draft Damian Pierce, so I just the rest of the the draft was a mistake, if nothing. And I won't go long form on it, but to take two injury prone receivers and Chris Godwin and Michael Thomas with um, pretty important picks right there. That was a mistake. That was a dumbass mistake. Like if I lose, that was entirely on me. So I make my own epic mistakes as well. So it is not just Cameron. So I, I stand by what I said about his choices, but I screw up too. So we spread the wealth. I just got to ask, did did you torture yourself by going back and looking at the draft selections and figuring out like who you could have taken, not like someone that came from out of nowhere and just was great but like who you legitimately might have taken instead of one of those guys. Cause if you haven't gone there, I don't recommend that you do. It's, it's, it's not a good use of time and energy in my opinion, but I'm just curious if you had done that. Uh, the redo would have been keeping Cooper cup. I, you couldn't talk me out of Michael Pittman and then I would have taken T Higgins. So that would have been my starting trio. And I guess I would have be a little burned with cup right now, but I'd be in pretty good shape if, my starting running back was Damian Pierce, Patrick Mahomes, those three wide receivers. So, yeah, Wait, I would so love that team. You could have taken Higgins instead of Thomas or or Chris Godwin. Um, no, Higgins would have had to replace the Javante Williams pick. Okay, okay. I didn't that know was, if you had looked at that specific spot where you took where you took Thomas and said, oh, I I would have maybe gone this direction if I didn't take Thomas. Oh no! Just break my heart. Who would have, who who would have been right there? No, I don't know. I, I'm glad okay. you haven't done that exercise because I have I, done that in fantasy basketball, and it is a torturous thing. So don't yes, don't go back. I'm just making sure that you hadn't done that. <laughs> I'm guessing two seconds after here says Cam is doing the thing. But uh, anyway, that was more time than I meant to do on my team. Who's three? Bob. E. You think four. Bobby went from one to three? I'll say Derek. Well, I'm guessing by your reaction, my answer was wrong, but wow. I'll stick by my answer. No, no, no. Um, sorry. Uh, Derek, you went with Bobby. Alex, you went with Derek? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, you both got it wrong. Was three stays three, Carly? Oh, all right. Uh, incredible team stays in the top tier with uh, you, Derek, and Bobby. I think the thing that right now just has her three in my bunch. Um, I think Devontae Smith is the last player in her starting lineup. Is the weakest link of all of your starting players. So that is the that is the line of demarcation. I would say for why she is three right now. Makes sense. Makes sense to me, Carly. Good job. Nice. Two. I I'll say me. Yeah, Derek. No. Oh, no. I'm number one. Oh, boy. The pressure. Yeah. Obviously, it's Bob. I mean, Bobby? <laughs> I think it was a seven-week run, but Lucas is our fact checker here. Um, was one. Falls to two. I, I will let you do most of the talking here, Alex, but I think this is a case of, like, this is like Ohio State losing to Appalachian State. Not that his opponent was bad, but just the way he got blown out of the water, like, He's still a good team, and he took a brutal loss last week. 
Well, that's what we were talking about before, and I usually say it every week when it comes to Bobby's team. It's just like he has a bunch of people that are hit or miss, and one day maybe they'll all miss at the same time, and it would stink if that happened in the playoffs. Um, but he also has made some good moves, though, too, because I think picking he was able to be the one that picked up Justin Fields, um, and I think that really just like made his team better. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's only going to go up from there. So maybe it just got lucky and he just got that bad week out of the way this week. Not bad week, but you know what I mean? No, I mean, it was a bad week, but I think part of what also makes it a bad week and got out of the system. He also had to sit three starters with a uh, Hill Brady and Walker. So, I mean, you take the, our, any of our three best players out of our starting lineup and we're going to, we're going to stink. So. Yeah, but if there's, like, anybody that I could say is, like, doing just that great in free agency, I think Bobby just deserves some credit this, this year. Because, okay. like, Kenneth Walker, like, did he get him in the free agency or did he draft him? I think he drafted Ken Walker. I can't imagine in our league of many Spartans that he was – yeah, there's no way Ken Walker went on draft. So even even if, after he got hurt, he kept him on the squad? Uh, yes, Bobby drafted him in the 10th round. I can't believe he lasted that long and never dropped him. Well – it was a brilliant move. Um, yep. Just the wide receivers and then just Justin Fields, too. So good job, Bobby. You're killing it. Yeah. All right. Who's number one? By process of elimination, it's me. Dirk. Okay. Well, Welcome on the one the hand, I'm, fl- I'm flattered to be number one. I think it's probably the first time in my three years. So I, I made it top of the world, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm now carrying the weight, the expectations of being number one into a big week with the rematch against Bobby's team. Uh, but yeah, I think looking at my team, the only concern right now is whether is what's going on with Murray. Carr has done a nice job, uh, weird as that is to say, the last two weeks, uh, but they're on the road against Seattle, so I don't feel like that's an ideal matchup. It'd be nice if Murray can come back. But I think I think we've talked about like the strength of my team has been the wide receivers and they have there's been no let up. I think there was concern about, you know, uh uh Amon Street Brown coming back from that injury, but he um he's looked really good. He's getting a lot of targets. He hasn't had a touchdown in a while, but I think you would say that's sort of more of the luck of the, the luck of the draw with that. But um Hopkins has been great. I mean, Adams has been very elite, and Waddle's been unbelievable, too. So um, I think it's just a little bit of concern about the quarterback position. But I felt obviously I'm I'm hitting my stride at the right time. So I now have control of my own destiny is the big thing here. So uh, I'll have no one to blame but myself, although I may may have to blame David Carr. I mean, uh, David. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Derek Carr, excuse me. The brother, the brother's David, right? Yeah. Anyhow, uh, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Very excited that I have, I got a shot here at getting a top seed. Well, you're both right that your wide receivers are the strength of your team, but your one running back is the number two in the league. So uh, it's uh, it may not be quantity, but it is quality. And we talked about Bobby had three starters out last week. You you still had two starters not playing, uh, two of your big names, and you you put up I don't you were at the top stores top score or second score, but uh, definitely 
at the top of the pack. Like this, it's a great team. Who's Thank the keeper next year? Well, and I really didn't need, uh, I didn't mean to disrespect Eckler. I just felt like it goes without said. He, he's so great. So I, yeah. I didn't mean to overlook him. Uh, who am I keeping next year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably, I would be leaning toward, um, I think I'd be, you know, Adams or Waddle would be the leaders in the clubhouse. Yeah. Man. Adams is starting to, to get up there a little bit with the age, but um, he'd be hard to pass up. And it's not dynasty. You're just committing for one more year. And, uh, yeah, one last time, just uh, you – you were quietly confident about DeAndre Hopkins, and you got that right. So kudos to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I did say I, I would have to give Murray some thought, too, only because to have a valuable quarterback, I know how important that is. I, I, I don't think he – at this point, I probably wouldn't go that direction, but I feel like I'd be remiss to not strongly consider a, a, at least a you know a top-caliber quarterback. I think for you, draft position would be important. Like if you were drafting 10th, I might do that to secure a quarterback. But now if you were at the top of the board, especially with some of the guys who would be available next year. Yeah, good point. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go through the rankings here, or let's go through the schedule here real quick. Um, you're right. Uh, you you were not speaking out at the turn there. Next, the Jankup of the week is one, you versus two. Bobby, I'm going to take you. Yeah, then I'm going to keep it rolling. I'm going to say Derek. Oh, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> Reed Carly versus eight Lucas. I'll say I'll say Lucas pulls off the upset. I'm gonna say Carly. I'm say Carly because the universe is not gonna let me have nice things like a division title. <laughs> Four Steve, ten Jason. I got cut you for that. Yeah, I'm gonna say Steve. If Marquise Brown plays, I think this is the week is the week we start going. So I'm going to take me as well. All right. Five, Cameron versus nine, Kelly. Kelly. I'll say Cam. I say that as outside of you and Bobby, this is going to be the shootout of the week, but I am going to take. I'm going to hedge my bet. Um, if Jamar Chase plays, Kelly. If Jamar Chase does not play, Cam. All right, and last one. Six, Alex. Seven, Matt. Alex? Alex is going to bounce back. Yeah, this is my week. Agreed. I'm going to go with Alex. All right. Um, real quick recommendations of the week. Um, I will say that uh, <laughs> I'm old and lame, so this won't add too much to that. But uh, I actually on Disney Plus watched the Elton John farewell concert. And, you know, you can tell that the years have kind of taken a little curve off as fast or a little speed off as fastball. But I don't say that insultingly. I say that in the sense of it is fun to see somebody 75 doing something that they love and being still being pretty doggone good at it. And I hope I'm doing the thing that I do uh, when I'm 75, but also maybe get to take some vacations now and then. So it was really cool to see. And uh, I just forgot how many, you forget how many songs he has, at least that I particularly enjoy. So uh, if you get a chance, uh, might be worth a watch just to kind of catch a few songs there. Nice. That's a good one. 
Uh, I've already made my recommendation, so I'm just going to stick with it. I think you should watch Breaking Bad when you're in the right mindset. And for anyone at home who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it. <laughs> nice. I say watch A Christmas Story Christmas. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. That actually looked uh, that that did look good. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, what's it streaming on? Uh, HBO. All right, we went long form tonight, so I'm just gonna say uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, and uh, good night, Gracie. Who? So would this be the B-roll right now? Yeah, I can't.